Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, welcome back to the Weight of Fatherhood podcast. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Brian Phillips. And joining me for today's episode is Mr. Robert Bortons. He's the CEO of Classical Conversations and has been since uh, 2012, I believe. So uh, thank you for joining me today, Robert. Brian, happy to be here with you and your guest and looking forward to having some fun together. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to dive right in. We, we got several things to discuss today. But as we get started, tell us, tell us a little bit about what's going on in the world of classical conversations. We're, we're through the summer, school year's started, so busy season's kind of over. But So how are things going for CC? Yeah, things are going well. We are getting community started now in uh, 54, yeah, 54 countries, I believe, and having to deal with COVID regulations, of course, here in the United States and around the world um, with our kind of differentiator being that in-person community has definitely caused some uh, friction between people as well as other things that we're having to deal with um, that everyone's having to deal with, um, but trying to do that on multiple continents and give people wise advice has been uh, fun, especially with that advice changing every eight hours, it seemed like uh, at the beginning of the year, but we definitely have gotten started and just see seeing people be so creative and able to keep that uh, brand promise of being able to meet and support one another um, through these trying times. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very difficult to keep up with what's going on with what all the regulations are requirements are. I can't imagine having to provide counsel for people in that many different contexts because it, because it varies even from, you know, city to city, county to county, let alone, state to state and country to country, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't really look at those individual country rules. We've just been trying to look at what the CDC says and the World Health Organization and just trying to provide links and context as well as, you know, different ideas that might work if you're in somewhere that's really shut down or somewhere that's obviously really wide open. And even in those different scenarios, you have people who are responding to this in, in different ways and with different right. precautions just because of their different family needs. So a lot of grace is needed in these times, but real happy with how everyone's handling it. Yeah, that's good. There've been a lot of reports of increased interest in homeschooling, particularly because of the sort of uncertain or chaotic state of things right now. Um, you know, schools doing handling things so differently. A lot of people are looking at homeschooling as an option for the first time. So um, at least from CC's perspective, I, I can't expect you to give a, uh, a statement on, you know, the entire homeschooling world. But at least from CC's perspective, uh, does it look like homeschooling is experiencing a bit of a boom right now? Yeah, I think so. Just like on the international front, we're just seeing a lot of people internationally looking towards homeschooling as an option, uh, maybe for the first time. And then domestically, I know through our website, like in the month of July, I think our leads were up about 400% versus last year. 
um, with people, you know, asking questions about homeschooling and, you know, they're not necessarily an educated group in the sense of having been to a homeschool convention or, you know, kind of thinking about this for a year or so and doing a lot of research. There's a lot of, I can't do what my local system is doing. Um, that's not going to work for my kid and tell me yeah. about homeschooling. So I'm um, not saying that they're not smart people or anything like that, but they just haven't had the opportunity yeah. to educate themselves about what homeschooling looks like. Um, so I definitely see, I saw the studies that said, you know, almost 25% of people were thinking of homeschooling. That didn't seem like it was going to be um, accurate. It looks like maybe uh, the number of homeschoolers jumped from about 4 to 5% nationwide to about 8 to 10% um, of people who are privately homeschooling, which is typically what you consider homeschooling. Um, and then, of course, there's probably tens of millions of people who are public schooling at home. And so for them, I mean, they have a lot of the same challenges of a homeschooler, um, but they don't have that control over the curriculum and the grades and those things. Right. Yeah, that that's an important distinction because back in the spring, a lot of schools began implementing remote learning, right, where everything's done online, everything's done via Zoom, the curriculum is determined, the assignments are all given. And, and many schools have, have picked up with that as, as the 2020, 2021 school year is, has begun. So uh, a lot of folks have referred to that remote learning or virtual learning as homeschooling. But those are very different animals, right? So um, what, what are the differences between virtual and remote schooling and then homeschooling? You know, what, uh, um, how, is, how is classical homeschooling different than what we're seeing? Yeah, that's a good question. So from the parent's perspective, you know, if they're virtual or remote schooling, you know, they, they probably think oh, I'm homeschooling, you know, I'm there with the kid all day long. Um, but from a um, technical standpoint, they're really public schooling at home or, you know, if they're in a private school, you know, doing private school at home. Um, and a couple of that is really how the funding is getting done. So, if, so schools typically get funded by students. Um, so if there's 100 students, they get X amount of funding. And so if you're doing uh, virtual or remote schooling through the public school system at home, they're still getting that full amount of funding that they would per student versus if you're homeschooling and you've typically opted out of the system, you may have had to file some paperwork or an affidavit with your state um, and you're doing through your own private dollars um, and you have control of the grades, uh, the curriculum choices, uh, how your day looks. Um, and so those are kind of the differentiating between what uh, – kind of we consider homeschooling and uh, government schooling or remote schooling uh, at home. And then classical homeschooling is uh, a methodology and there's a number of great classical programs um, that kind of take a different stab at it, uh, you know, a different perspective on what that means um, and really gives an opportunity for parents to, to make decisions with what fits in their lifestyle. Um, and what their family goals are. But for us, what classical homeschooling 
really means is just a methodology of learning, uh, teaching children how to learn and using the subjects to practice that. And so there's kind of three stages that we're all familiar with in the classical homeschool arena, uh, the grammar, dialectic, and rhetoric. And so uh, for the classical homeschooling is uh, not just educating your kids privately at home, but also choosing, you know, to do so through the classical method versus maybe doing something like that's eclectic, um, where you're just kind of picking and choosing or something that's maybe more workbook or textbook or what we yeah. call like curriculum in a box where you kind of say, Hey, for seven ninety nine, send me your fourth grade box. And they send you a box right. of stuff and it's the fourth grade stuff. And you try to, go through that and so you know that's pretty much what that difference is and then like I said at classical conversations you're actually getting together um, hopefully in person in most of the areas uh, in the United States and around the world and really going through that classical conversations curriculum together and practicing uh, the art of rhetoric um, while learning these classical tools yeah yeah uh, now I want to sort of follow up on just one other question about the sort of growth in interest about homeschooling and then these distinctions between um, schooling at home, you know, or virtual schooling and then uh, homeschooling. Um, and and given uh, CC's role on the front lines of homeschooling, I want to ask your thoughts about, about something that at this point is kind of hypothetical, but it's concerning to a lot of homeschooling families and uh, I've had this question posed to me and I've given some thought to it as well, you know, as a homeschooling family. So here it is with, with the growing interest in homeschooling, uh, is there also growing concern, uh, about attempts of, to increase government regulation of homeschooling? And is there anything that you're seeing that, um, that might indicate that? Yes. Um, so I think, a couple of things is there's always that concern, especially as someone who is concerned for freedom is in general. And we just see that that's a fight that's continually going on in our country and around the world is just a fight for autonomy um, and a fight to be free, free indeed. Um, and so that's always a concern. Uh, and I think keeping that really distinction between what is remote or public schooling at home and what is homeschooling is, you know, very um, important, especially as those who have fought for our homeschooling rights uh, over the last 20, 30, 40 years. A lot of people don't know that homeschooling didn't become legal in every state until 1993. So, you know, we know people who were had their kids threatened to be taken away from them, threatened with jail time or fines for um, not sending their kids to government-run schools. So the good thing is homeschoolers are active, um, and we have the ability to um, you know, get in front of legislators and let them know um, that we're active members of the community. And so really homeschooling has pretty broad-based um, support. Uh, if only because we show up when things are um, being introduced into law that we don't like. Um, so if the biggest thing to do is just really be engaged with your state organization as well as organizations like HSLDA um, because they look at these laws, they monitor them, 
and then they make sure that if there is something that is uh, troubling or something that's taking away our freedoms, that we have an opportunity to, uh, you know, lobby our uh, local Congress people. And of course, the elections coming up. So I would definitely encourage everyone to get involved. Um, if you're homeschooling, it's a great civics lesson for your kids. I know growing up, we were typically involved in uh, some sort of election uh, every single year, whether it's someone for state senate or local school board. You know, we wanted to make sure that people knew who we were and that we were supportive of them. And so, um, you know, if you get involved now and get to know your local leadership, uh, elected officials, um, you know, that's going to go a long way in keeping homeschooling free. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the HSLDA, that's the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, right? Um, and I, I would recommend any homeschooling family, you, you definitely need to be a part of that. You need to look into what they're doing. It's a wonderful organization. Um, one kind of thing that I've found interesting over the, the last several years uh, that I think is a a blessing to homeschoolers is that there's so many, there's so much more diversity now in the homeschooling world and who is homeschooling and why they're homeschooling. That's one of the things that I've noticed is that there's been, we've gone from used to just be Christians who were homeschooling their kids because they didn't want their kids in a government system. And it was for religious reasons. And now you've got progressives and environmentalists who are homeschooling their kids for very different reasons, but, but they're still involved and concerned that those rights are maintained. So it's, it's becoming a very uh, a fascinating world, right? So uh, I, I think that that can end up being a real blessing to, to all of us, to the homeschooling world in general. So, Yes. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, and hopefully we can just you know work together to be free whether we have um aligned politically or not yeah yeah um we're we don't homeschool because we are concerned about the environmental effect of school buildings but i have met people who are and i'm like well all right you know <laughs> different reasons but uh i'm i'm with you on the the freedom to do so but um, so let, let's transition a bit in the, the last part of this podcast. Um, obviously, the Weight of Fatherhood podcast is aimed at fathers and fatherhood. So uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about the role of fathers in the education of their children, and particularly when it comes to homeschooling. So um, how would you define the role of a father, in, uh, particularly in homeschooling? Yeah, that's a weighty question. <laughs> the um, really the role of the father that I try to try to live out is one, you know, just loving the mother. Like Christ loves the church, I think is important to see what the Bible says and live that out as best we can. And then um, you know, typically, uh, you know, probably ninety eight percent of the time, you know, the mom is the main one in that homeschooling activity. Um, but the fathers can really come alongside and one, just support what's going on during the day when they get home at night. You know, if there's something important that they're learning um, to engage the children, to continue with that um, love of learning that's trying to be instilled in them, as well as, you know, an opportunity to um, just support the wife uh, in everything that she has going on and making sure that we're not creating doubt because I think all of us, you know, even at being homeschooled, 
through high school myself and being a successful college student and, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and now um, at our home office and our families, you know, you have doubts. You're like, even, you know, some days, like, man, I don't know if homeschooling is going to work, you know, <laughs> um, even though I'm living it out, yeah. I lived it out myself. You know, you still have those doubts because that's what yeah. Satan does, right? He says, did God really say, is this going to really work? And so, you know, your homeschooling wife is going to have those doubts. Um, so really just gird her up, encourage her. Um, homeschooling works very well. It doesn't, um, Really, you don't need to be an expert uh, to do it. You just need to love your love your children and have a plan and stick to that plan. And so fathers can just be that stabilizing factor for the mom is going to be super helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there may be fathers listening who maybe they're not exactly sure how to help. And you've already given a, a couple of good ideas there. Um, but perhaps, you know, dads listening have been a bit hands off with homeschooling or they've seen it as mom's domain, which I think is a dangerous tendency, right? It's a common tendency, but it's dangerous. And so they haven't really wanted to jump in. So um, do you have specific advice or steps for, for dads on how to get more involved, um, things that they could do? Yeah, I think, um, you know, couple of things that I've heard. I have young kids. My oldest is five and a half. Um, so I have five and a half, three and a half and a three month old. So um, not really getting into the harder subjects yet, but, you know, I try to, you know, as we've been teaching my daughter to read, you know, take some of those lessons on at night. Um, I know like a lot of dads might be the math teacher, the science teacher, especially if they have a career in one of those roles where they're um, taking a more active approach, you know, maybe in the evenings. Um, again, like at classical conversations for the younger student, they're memorizing a lot of um, information. And so, you know, I just try to ask them about, you know, what are they memorizing in science and um, just practicing that with them. And then in the mornings, I get to spend a, usually a half an hour to an hour with them in the mornings. And so, um, you know, we have uh, memory work for a Bible verse, John 1, that we're memorizing. And so, you know, I, I don't do the major lifting in that area, but I make sure and review review it with them a few times in the morning as well. So just, uh, you know, if there's things that um, either interest you that the kids are learning about or there's things that don't interest your wife that, you know, you'd be willing to take on and then just kind of creating that culture of learning inside your family um, yeah. where you're just uh, really just asking them good questions and really encouraging that love of learning so that there's uh, less butting of heads in the, in the schoolwork that's being yeah. done, uh, you know, maybe when you're at the office or out of town. And, of course, right now, a lot of people are working from home. Right. So right. this might give you an opportunity, you know, to step out for a half hour, hour and, you know, help cover one of the subjects um, if your work life balance allows you to do that during the day. Yeah, that's good. Um, and and using this time to sort of create patterns, right, that uh, things that you can help with on an ongoing basis. So even if the schedule and the, the pattern of life does change, you know, maybe it can create some routines and habits that we can carry on beyond. And uh, I think uh, one opportunity for dads too is, is using, you know, whatever the kids are memorizing, use it as an opportunity to memorize it yourself. I mean, cause all of us kind of know that feeling, especially with classical schooling, right? Whether your kids are in a school or homeschooling that a lot of our kids are learning things that we didn't learn. <laughs> so 
you know, take advantage of it. Try to learn it alongside them. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of parents will experience that if they stick with classical education, whether it's mm-hmm. with CC or with a private school or, or another um, company is they are going to learn a lot of things. And one of the things we say at classical conversations is we're redeeming two educations at once, you know, and oftentimes that's the mother and the kids, because if the mother's yeah. involved in that, that, you know, they're really learning all of these things that they wish they had learned or maybe were supposed to learn and didn't uh, the first time through. And of all course, right. as classical educators, we all know the second time doing something, you're going to be a lot more successful at it than the first time. And especially as adults, um, although our minds don't memorize as easy as the younger kids, that really just showing the kids that uh, learning is a lifelong activity. Um, it's not something that you stop after high school or after college. Um, that That's something that you are engaging in this world um, because we know the creator of this world um, is something that we can model. Um, even if we, uh, you know, don't memorize everything, but if we can just uh, show them that that is something that we value, then it's going to be something that they value as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, so let's, uh, I've got one last question that I want to use to kind of tie together what we've talked about. We've talked, uh, alluded a little bit to the, the crazy times that we're in and all the transitions and um, uh, strange events. <laughs> and then we've talked about the role of dads in education. So um, any, any advice, and this can be related to homeschooling or just in general, but any advice for dads as they, as, as we try to guide our families through such strange times? Yeah. I mean, I think one of those things that I just kind of mentioned earlier was just being that stabilizing factor because one of the things that I've learned is, and I've kind of always known it, right, that God's in control and that we're not in control no matter how much we think we are. And, you know, these last six months or seven months um, really have kind of just proven that we need to trust in the Lord. And so living that out um, is going to be important as well as just emulating that trying to be the same here today um, and tomorrow is, yeah, we, we have a little bit more burden on our shoulders, maybe because of the uncertainty than maybe we felt in the past. Um, so really trying to um, help the family be, be that stabilizer, be that person who is faithful um, through these times uh, and really just, having an opportunity since we can't go as many places as maybe we would like to, or have been able to in the past is really try to start instilling some of those lifelong habits that you wish you had. So if it's reading the Bible together as a family or memorizing some verses or, you know, whatever those good habits are that you'd like to see your kids or that you wish you had, or you'd like to see your kids carry on with uh, through their life. I mean, this is just an opportunity to really, spend time together and um, build those relationships, um, build that family legacy. You know, one of the things that I always hear that's sad to me is people say, I can't wait to, for my kids to go back to school or, you know, do this or that. And because they don't, you know, enjoy being with them. And I just always encourage them to go look in the mirror. You know, if we don't enjoy being with your kids, the person staring back at you in the mirror is the person you are to blame and shipping them off um, isn't something that's going to fix that relationship issue. So definitely spend this time together building that relationship with your family um, because that's going to carry you through uh, good times and bad. Yeah. 
that's great. Wonderful advice. Um, well, Robert, I really appreciate you joining me today, um, giving us an update on what things are looking like um, in the homeschooling world and, and some great advice to dads on how to get involved and, and be a, a great model and example during this time. Really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you, Brian. Hopefully I had a nugget of wisdom or two that uh, people can take away and try to implement. And you know, I just uh, really appreciate you guys um, having this podcast and speaking to fathers. Well, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to the Weight of Fatherhood podcast. It was great talking to Robert Bortons today about uh, homeschooling, the, the state of homeschooling, both in the U.S. and even a little bit beyond, and how the crazy circumstances of 2020 have led to an increase in interest in homeschooling. That's, that's good news and uh, wonderful to hear about that. And, and then also to, to encourage fathers to get involved in um, the education of their children, uh, particularly in a homeschooling context and uh, really even beyond. But the, the real principles that we discussed today were uh, how important it is for dads to remember that uh, we are all uh, a model. We're an example. We should be a source of stability for our families. And and that can be difficult. It can be hard. But the bottom line is that our our children, our families, look to us to see how they're supposed to respond. And in times of instability, in times of doubt, in times of uncertainty, um, we really need to take on that role, take the weight on our shoulders um, to model faith in the Lord, to model consistency, to model trust, um, to model joy in the midst of difficulty. And so um, it was a, a great conversation, a great reminder. Uh, I do want to end with just one passage of scripture that this reminded me of, and, um, and, and I want to reflect on these verses in light of the importance of fathers being involved in the education of their children. But I want to start with actually a, a verse about uh, husbands and wives in Ephesians 5, verse 25, familiar verse, of course, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So as we think about how we can better serve our wives and help our wives in, in uh, the education of our children and in taking part and kind of coming alongside of them and supporting them, and helping them and, and leading in uh homeschooling or uh, whatever the context is, consider the sacrifice of Christ as our model, right? If there's one thing that Christ definitely did for us, it was show a willingness to descend into the mess. And let's face it, you know, we, we like to put our best face on and, and our best foot forward, but family life is hard. It is. Homeschooling is hard. Raising children, educating children, it's hard it is messy, is difficult. And so, um, husbands, we need to come alongside our wives and be willing to descend into the mess with them and help uh, pull our weight and do our part and, and serve them. We also are reminded just a few verses later of the role of fathers with their children. Uh, chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. There's a lot to talk about there, but I'll say just one thing. Remember that homeschooling and the education of children is not your wife's responsibility. She might carry a lot of the weight. She might do um, the, the, the 
specific work of it, the day in, day out, but ultimately, who is it that bears responsibility to bring up our children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord that falls to us fathers? And so dads, we need to be giving some real thoughts to how we can better serve our wives and serve our children uh, as we seek to, to train them teach them to be prepared for what life has for them. And ultimately that means glorifying God, enjoying him forever, um, loving their neighbor, loving the Lord, their God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. All right. Thanks again for joining me. This is Brian Phillips. This has been another episode of the weight of fatherhood podcast. Tune in next time. We'll talk to you soon. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.